This episode of Fanbro Show is brought to you by Orphan Black the Game. Before you join the Sestras for the final trip, the makers of Orphan Black want you to come play with us. Orphan Black the Game is on sale on March 24th in the iTunes Store. Dive into the game and play as all the clones, including Tony, while you puzzle your way through the extended Orphan Black universe. Visit OrphanBlack.com for more information and buy the game on the 24th in the iTunes Store. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan The show where the pros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, a.k.a. Dr. Strains, a.k.a. Hash Ketchum, a.k.a. Soldier 70 Spliff, a.k.a. Arsenio Holodeck, a.k.a. The Anti-Trife Equation, here in the spaceship tonight for all nerds, the voice of the urban geek, the multicultural maestros. And as always, I'm joined by Tatiana and King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura, the Spaceship, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, Chance, the Parappa, Blackness, Everdeen, Sean Jean, Luke Picard, and Ivan Yeo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome back, Tatiana. How you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm feeling great. It has been a great week for the fan bros as always. Thank you to all our new subscribers, all the new listeners, all the welcome back Carters, the people who've been with us forever. Shout outs to the Chico Leo for joining me this week on the return of special delivery. I yes. know y'all loved it. It was so Iron great fail. to hear his so great to hear his voice. Oh, it was fantastic. I know everyone who's subscribing to Scream Squad, the Scream Squad on Twitter, you know, already hears him every other week with Jamie Rigetti, but it was fantastic to have him back in the estate pod, you know, talking our ishness about mm-hmm. Iron Fishness. You know, it was great. You know, we got caught up on all the TV, Legion, everything else. You know, we'll have special delivery returning more often. You know, I know people have been asking about it. It will return in one form or another. You know, that was just a little preview for you. But, yeah, you know, we were talking Iron Fail, Copper Palms, Danny Bland. <laughs> I really but like the Copper Palms. have you in the ship. Yeah, no. Copper Palms. I got to give a shout out to Twitter. You know, some once again, someone gave me that one. I can't remember, but you know who you are, and thank you. Mm, yeah, but we did not have Tatiana in the ship, you know. Mm-hmm. It's been a few days since then, you know. Uh, everyone else's reactions have been pouring in. We've all been talking about it on Twitter, going back and forth. But what did you think of the immortal Iron Fist? In anticipation of today, of me talking about it, I did finish it the other night. And mm-hmm. nothing has changed. It's still Coachella Fist. <laughs> so... Mm. In terms of what I've been saying literally for the past few months now, I, first of all, for for those who want me to set the stage, I didn't go in with any particular expectations, nor do I really have any real backstory on Iron Fist. Essentially, I know nothing Jon Snow. Like, I don't know 
much about Iron Fist except for very basic information. I don't know the backstory. I don't know all the supporting characters. So I didn't go in there like, oh, it has to be XYZ. None of that was there. I also went in with our general understanding of, to me, what was a missed opportunity with Marvel not casting an Asian American lead. And as I mentioned on either the previous episode or the episode before that, I don't have an issue with Finn Jones himself. Like, I don't know the man. I really don't care. I was only here for Colleen Wing, Jessica Henwick, and, and everyone else in there anyway. That being said, it was pretty boring. <laughs> it was pretty boring. I, just to give it a letter grade to kind of follow in the same footsteps as you and Chico, I would also, more on Chico's side, give it a C, C minus. It wasn't, and here's the thing, it was not like this complete trash of a Netflix show. I firmly disagree with a lot of the people who were giving these extremely negative reviews, like saying things like, oh, it's unwatchable and it's it's really poor cinema, poor TV, whatever you want to call it. I didn't find it that way at all. In fact, at least for the first couple episodes in, I was like, this isn't really so bad. And then it just kept going and slogging further and going deeper and deeper into Mordor. And I was just like, uh, okay, this is the boring part. (laughs) 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 Like it wasn't, that's the thing that's, I want to stress. It's not a horrible series, but it, I, as far as the others, it's below all the others. By the others, I mean, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, especially Daredevil. It's below par at least those. And regardless of where you put those other shows in the scale and on the ladder or totem pole, Iron Fist is absolutely on the bottom. We mm-hmm. were given a certain platform to look to or in terms of we, we've, we're seeing these other shows or, or giving these other shows certain pedestals. So we expect a certain caliber from Marvel Netflix at this point when it comes to these shows. So for Iron Fist to fly so low below that bar, is it was a disappointment to say the least. One thing that I just could not get over, I felt like Finn Jones was doing like this perpetual Ryan Phillippe impersonation. Like I didn't, <laughs> under- I didn't understand the hair. Shouts to Chico Leo with the <laughs> Justin Timberlake circa 98 perm. I, mm. I didn't, I, that bothered me for some reason. Him as Iron Fist, it didn't move me. I I had a feeling it wasn't going to anyway, but it really didn't move me. I had said before, prior to seeing the series, that I just didn't believe that he was the Iron Fist. Like, there's just certain people where when they're cast, I'm like, I don't care if even they are a great actor. I just don't believe that that's who the character they are supposed to portray. He didn't physically embody the character, more than that in a minute. He didn't physically embody the character. He didn't, there was no charismatic, there wasn't anything to him that made me draw into him as Iron Fist or Danny Rand or whatever he was trying to struggle with at the time. I I, I just didn't see it for him previously and watching and getting the, the the meat of it, I was just like, nah, I'm not feeling him. And there was nothing that happened throughout that entire series that made me want to even identify or match with him whatsoever. And mm. that is a huge problem. And I know I'm not the only one who felt that way. 
a lot of us, whether or not you can, you, you can usually, particularly with the other shows, you can usually find some part of the character that you can vibe with. And I did not feel that at all with Finn Jones. Whether you want to blame him, I really blame the writing and the, and all that other stuff. I it's I just was not feeling him. The people who I were feeling, I was feeling Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing was a valid blessing. To me, once she showed up, she elevated the series. Uh, also with the cam- the cameos or the, the, the insertions of Claire and Hogarth, especially Hogarth. I love Hogarth. Like them being inserted into this part, this corner of the Defenders universe world, I really enjoy that. And like I said, whenever Colleen was on on the scene or whenever she was fighting or whatever she was doing, awesome time. I thought it was great. I I actually, at first I hated Ward. I thought he was just cookie. <laughs> I just thought like, okay, he's the cookie cutter douchebag. Here we go. But honestly, when like he started tripping on acid, he became so much fun to watch because yes. <laughs> you really saw him like falling through the depths. And he's actually a really good actor. When you really see his his psychological trip ups and then just complete and utter just disaster. He 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 played it so well, and it was funny to me as well. Like oh he was he would say shit and make these faces that I was rolling, just yes. rolling. Hilarious dude. Um, the woman who played Joy Joy, I didn't really care about Joy that much. I know you were talking about how you liked her outfit. She looked so impeccable. Yo, <laughs> you just Joy, Joy was killing it. <laughs> you can talk Every about her clothes. Scene. Every Honestly, scene. I liked one or two outfits, but the rest I was like, ah, it's kind of boring. Oh, Harold man. was the prototypical bad guy, like Nosferatu in the Belfry kind of like I, I know his whole his whole MO was Frankenstein. I get it. Ha ha ha. But it was just it was almost campy. I loved Harold. It was. <laughs> it, I like him. It was, him it was and, super campy. I liked him. And when I watched him, I was like, that's the dude from 300. <laughs> and what? It, he was? That's the dude. That's the main dude doing the narration from 300. What? You know, oh. that, that, you know when you watch 300 now or look oh, at him. Oh, no, no. You, no, y'all don't even have to watch it. Now that you say it, I yeah. see his face. Oh, yeah. wow. So I just kept calling him 300. Every time I seen him, I'm like, there go 300 acting wow. up again. He was he was funny to a degree. Also, maybe and to your point, maybe because he was so campy, and he and they probably told him keep doing it, and he was like, well, okay, I'm evil. So <laughs> I just it was funny. The one of the is I don't know if that was everything that I thought was good. Yeah, that was pretty much everything I thought was good. The the things that bothered me, the family interaction, the whole Ward family drama, it, it was poorly written. It was poorly paced. I really found myself either literally falling asleep or being easily distracted. Every time they got into their little group family conversations, I was like, oh, Ward about to talk about his fucked up childhood. Here we go. Like, it was just, when they were going through it, these conversations, I didn't care. I was just like, can we just skip to the next part, to the next scene or the next move? Because this isn't doing it for me. And then it happened so often. Like it was always a, okay, we're getting some movement and let's cut back to Harold's lair where they're having a 20 minute conversation about how, how evil their dad is. I don't know. Like it's just, it was just doing too much. They they could have had a lot less of it. It would have maybe helped. I didn't understand why the fight scenes were so bad. 
there were a few where I was like, all right, that's good. But when you look at it next to Daredevil, <laughs> it is T-Rash. Like, Finn Jones looks mad slow. Mad slow when he was throwing punches, doing this. I know that there was something that came out today where Finn Jones was saying how he allegedly, or according to him, he did not have a lot of time to train. He said things, he said that he was working 14 hours a day in terms of shooting, and then when it was time to do fight scenes, they would teach him 15 minutes before he actually shot him. So in that, right, I get it. That's kind of not your fault. Not even kind of, that's not your fault. You don't have any training or background, which is all the more reason not to hire you. But you don't have any training or background in this. And then someone tells you, hey, I need you to do a roundhouse kick and a punch. And this is the way you do it. And in 15 minutes, you got to shoot this perfectly in three takes, for instance. That's hard. And regardless if you're the finest actor ever, if you don't have that physicality, you're not going to be able to do it. That was also an issue. If he doesn't have that physicality, why put him in that position as Iron Fist where it calls for physicality? The word fist is in the title. <laughs> like, I I just, it, it's just, it was just bizarre. It's a living weapon. It, it, yeah, it's you, a contradiction. Yeah. The other thing that bothered me, or not bothered me, but the thing I found funny, and, I, and again, ironic as hell, Madam Gal and everybody else, Telling him every five minutes, your ass is a child. The fact that you consistently just call this dude a child and a poor Iron Fist every other scene, I was just like, that is indicative of the truth. I mean, when Davos called him the worst Iron Fist the ever, worst. I think that was... When I say I paused it and jumped out of my seat, like, that was like, y'all are saying it to my face. Like, I already have my doubts and then now that I'm watching it, I'm just like, ugh, this is not the best. And then y'all telling me, y'all characters themselves are telling me through the screen, yo, he sucks. Then I'm going to think he sucks. And not because, oh, it's funny and, and or people are, this is his building of his character. No, because he sucks. And the other part where I couldn't vibe with him was because he came off 100% as just this rich, random white kid Coachella Fist, who just happened to stumble upon these powers. There was no real interrogation of his whiteness. There was no interrogation or even question about some of the things he was saying. Like at one point, he was, him and Davos were driving somewhere and Davos basically asked him, well, why didn't you let me drive? And then he turns around and said, well, Davos, you ain't got no license. And Davos says, well, you ain't either. You don't either. And he goes, but I'm rich. And then that was the end of the conversation. (laughs) And I just said... Um, no one else finds a problem with that. Yeah, the thing about it is, though, it's like even more telling, I think, is the fact that he ignores all the women who are telling him these things, especially when he ignores Claire and Colleen, who are telling him, well, Colleen is just as wild out as he is, but Claire is the rational one. And Claire, like she said, you know, has fought the hand more than him, has been around superpowered people, et cetera, et cetera. And he still just ignores her at every turn and drags her into bad situations and just. Speaking of Claire, that was so bizarre that in her three packet deal session with Colleen, she was able to take on the hand with some bear claws. Like last time I checked, you wasn't ready for all that. And she was actually able to hold something together. You didn't find that weird for months. I mean, it's the time in between Luke Cage and um, Iron Fist. Definitely months versus time. years of people of training from people in the hand, and she was able to at least like not die. She killed one of them, I think. See, taking it too far. 
<laughs> personally, I just think that's taking too far. <laughs> I just I, personally, I just think that's taking too far, and it's just like you're even elevated fighting wise enough to be fighting with Colleen at that level. Like whatever, whatever. But then again, the hand is always like the the way they're the way they did it in Iron Fist is kind of just like foot soldiers. Is all the foot over there? Like I, I just I just wasn't really with that. Why didn't they show Kun Lun except for that little tiny strip on the screen? And then the next time you supposedly see it is gone. Like the fuck? <laughs> like <laughs> I just, listen, I I've as you just as I just said, I I've had many issues with the series. Did I think it was horrible, trash, though burn this? No. Did I think it was something where I would tell people, oh, you need to watch that? Hell nah. So it's like CC minus. And the ending fucking sucked. You also rated it much lower because you also have a, I think, not to say that that was the only reason, but you have a much deeper understanding of Iron Fist and you have the history behind it. And oh, at yeah. least, a, a, like, you have a lot more than I do about it. So you had a lot more writing on it <laughs> and, and it yeah. didn't really get there. No, I wanted to see Kun Lun. Like, that was what I wanted to see because that, you know, I grew up reading the comics for Kun Lun. I wanted to see him battle the dragon because that is, you know, it's iconic in Iron Fist stories. And every Iron Fist comic ever, it's like, you know, Batman's parents getting shot or Uncle Ben getting shot. You know, him battling the dragon. And then there's always this hilarious panel where he jumps up and then spreads his arm and gives the dragon like a bear hug. And covers the dragon's heart, you know, with his chest. Wow. And that's how he gets it burned onto his chest. Oh, that's how it actually happens? Yes. And it's always such a hilarious panel of him jumping out, spread eagle, and then, you know, hugging the dragon. Like, it's this big, <laughs> giant, golden dragon. It's not like a, you know, little, I mean, it's not like the size of, well, it's probably about the size of the ones in Game of Thrones right now. So I understand why they left all that out, but... I mean, at least a fight with the dragon. And, you know, he ha- it's, it happened. So it's like you have to show it. So it's, oh. but like I said, you know, if you haven't heard Special Delivery yet, you should definitely check that out. You know, Tatiana, we're, I mean, we're all pretty much in agreement in one way or another. There's different things that we all loved and hated about it. I wouldn't but, say love. Love is a strong word. True indeed. There's different true things indeed. I tolerated. <laughs> I liked. Yeah, I liked. Yeah, like I liked or like, tolerate or like. Yeah, and uh, actually someone who's really not tolerating anything right now is Mr. Roy Thomas, the actual creator of Iron Fist, was recently asked about, you know, this whole controversy, everything that's going on, and Roy Thomas said, I don't give a crap about that, pretty much. But, you know, he also said that he doesn't, you know, he feels like people should create their own characters, blah, 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 they were, you know, this was created in a different time, all those same excuses. But then at the same time, he says that if they did make him Asian, I really wouldn't care that one way or the other. But specifically, what did he say? Oh, specifically, he said he does not give a crap about Iron Fist haters. He said some other stuff, too. I mean, he said some other stuff, too, but that, like not I gonna said, say. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat those other things that he said because that, you know, it's not even worth it to say those other things. I, I mean, he's a 76 year old white man born in Jackson, Missouri. He probably ain't had that much education. You know, there's the other thing about I it. don't it's care like, about what you had in the past. I'm talking about right now. He had the Internet to write out this email to say these words. He said, you're not going to say it. I'm going to say it because I think it needs to be said. He said, quote, don't these people have something better to do than worry about the fact that Iron Fist isn't Oriental or whatever word. I know Oriental is the right word now either. Then motherfucker, why did you use the word? 
Because that's the word he grew up on. I don't and care. Word, you, and you, you don't know the you, new word. You literally said a, a sentence later. I know that's not the right word either. Meaning you are being willfully ignorant. No, that's why like, I want to say that because I feel like I'm, I don't care about the whole age thing and where you grew up and all that stuff. You're alive now. I don't think he's being willfully ignorant though. So either. I he's not being willfully ignorant by the second sentence after saying Oriental in that context. Him saying, I know that's not the right word. It's like he said that's, no, that's okay, not no, willfully ignorant. No, I don't know no, what the other definition not is. That it, no, okay, what he's saying right there is he's trying to back it up real quick because he knows that that's the word he uses and he knows that it's not going to work. No, he don't know Asian. He does not know that word. Who, how do you really think that, Ben? Not like you really, that. You really give no, him that. What, you no, really what, no, I'm not giving him that. What you're, you're missing my point, Tatiana. What I'm saying is he doesn't know that word because that's how he is. He probably says worse words about Asians, you know, is what I'm trying to explain. Like his, him saying Oriental is being light, you know, and he's not going to grow. He's not going to listen to people saying, oh, well, you should use a different word. That's not going to happen. Like you said, it's more just by Grandpa Simpson. You know, that's what happens. That's the natural order of things. But it's, you know, him growing and changing or expecting to be. I expect him not to say the damn word in a second later. So I I know I'm not supposed to use the word. I just expect, you know, I don't. I'd rather him use the word because then I know who he is. Okay. Message. (laughs) You know, I, I that's me. You know, I'd rather that. I don't I don't like people who try and hide it. You know, message. So with that, I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan books. Hey, yo, Internet, it's Kim Sonian, the ghost producer of the Fanbro Show, right here with my man Don Will. Yup. And we need you to rate, subscribe, and comment on our iTunes page, our SoundCloud page, and of course, check out fanbros.com. For what, Don Will? What do they need to check out? For all the hottest updates in geek culture. What? I over-enunciated for diction and clarity. Bang. And welcome back, Fan Bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show, but we are about to take it up another level. All right. Is up. up in here, as we always do on the spaceship tonight. You know, if you haven't noticed, we are joined by the one and only Sean Lau, a.k.a. No Totally. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm that guy. I call Sean him Lau. Sean Lau, Mr. Sham. Wow, what up? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm so honored to be here. This is one of my favorite podcasts. I say that on like every appearance, and occasionally I mean it. <laughs> oh, so are we the occasional or the for real? You know, I'll leave it to you to decide. As we go along, <laughs> as we go along, we'll see uh, how much I know about the show. But yeah. See, this, well, is a, this is a problem interviewing another podcaster because they think they're slick and they think because they, they know everything that they're going to play. You ain't going to play it, Sean. No, uh, but yeah, we're, yeah, but we're good, very happy to have you. It's good radio if you call me out. So, like, either way, I think <laughs> we win, right? Absolutely. Oh, we, we can start that off right off the bat because I was listening to one of the latest episodes of No Totally. And on it, you said that you were about to butcher someone's name. <gasps> oh. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I, uh, to hear. I, uh, I claim, 
I claim uh, inspiration. I claim homage. Uh, uh -huh. Not 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 straight biting. Um, uh -huh. ooh. I was just amazed. I have to say, folks, I was, you know, I was like, wow, you know, that's that's. I don't know how to feel about that one. Well, I'm, I'm glad there was an episode that came out today. I'm glad you haven't heard it yet because I call myself the uh, the Captain Sulu of uh, nerdness. Lord have mercy. Oh, oh my oh, God. Well, I mean, that, that begs the question, folks. You know, who the hell is Sean Lau? And, you know, how did you get involved in this whole world of podcasting and the nerds of color space? Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's see. I mean, the podcast started out, as a lot of podcasts do, uh, just kind of accidentally. You know, I have a friend who uh, he and I both used to live in San Diego. We met there, you know, about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And uh, he's from New Hampshire originally. His name's Brian. Uh, he moved back home to New Hampshire. And uh, it turned out we didn't really talk to each other as much as we wanted to. Like every time we get on the phone, you know, we'd have like a three hour conversation. And uh, my, my wife at the time, who uh, uh, <laughs> in the process of getting divorced, we can get into that if, if people want to hear about it. But um, my wife at the time was like, you know, you guys should start a podcast. And of course I was like, no, why? Like what? Nobody wants to listen to just like two random dudes talking about whatever. Um, and that's really what most podcasts are. Uh, but uh, eventually we kind of got convinced into it. And um, I don't know, I enjoyed it a lot. That was about three and a half years ago. And uh, and yeah, we're, we're still going. Uh, Brian is not as available. He now has two kids. He had zero when we started. And mm -hmm. I've gotten a little more into kind of talking about social issues rather than just talking about movies, which is what we did in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, I think that brings us up to speed, right? Oh, that's interesting. A podcast that talks about nerd culture and social issues. That, <laughs> wow. I just never you know, knew that was even possible. You know, I'm pretty sure we're the only people out there doing that. Um, wow. Wow. I don't really know of any other shows. Uh, that, is, that is shocking that you are able to do both at the same time. I know. I know. I mean, what it's... innovation. <laughs> like, Jesus I see, I see. Lord. <laughs> Why did I accept this invitation? Are you Tucker Carlson? No. <laughs> like what? What's what's happening? No. What's happening? No. I'm no, getting no, ambushed. No, no. Like I say, I, you know, when I was listening to the show, I was enjoying it thoroughly. But you know, I was just like, wow, butchering a name. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, I was, I was impressed at myself. You know, I was kind of saddened at myself at the same time. It's an you know, homage, it man. No, it wasn't that. It was more about the fact that I spread butchering names, you know, like that oh, I'm so. that known as butchering names. It's so anytime, a, you know, anytime yeah. anyone has problems with pronunciation, they just said they're, they're Ben Amin. Like, yes. that's yeah. now. That's what I was, yeah. Oh, God. Right. I ben Amin that. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you have, to be, you have to be that good for your name to become an adjective, so. I mean, you know. That's true. You know, no writing. Or a verb, so. It's not. It's not Jordan, you know, shooting a shot though. <laughs> it's a. Do you guys watch Community? At least it's not, you know, Britting. Oh, oh. I don't even watch enough. But okay. It does, when you say at least it's not, you know, that yeah, usually yeah. means oh, something it. terrible. <laughs> yeah. So Sean, like we talk to you all the time on Twitter, and yeah. I I love following you and and following along with your whether it's your tweet storms or if it's we're doing like conversations because. The best thing about you is that you're just so honest and so passionate. Oh, and thank you. it 
in a way, and I don't want to like put your own emotion out there, but I just feel like you're almost <laughs> fearless at it. Like you're just like, F everything else. I'm going to say what needs to be said because you need to hear it. And you really do drop some gems. Now, in that process, you are obviously going to run into trolls and other people. How yeah. do you just continue to get your voice out there at the same time dodging all of the negativity? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you. First of all, that's that's a huge compliment. You know, like it, Twitter is one of those weird spaces where like you, you try to do you try to present yourself a certain way, like you try mm -hmm. to do what you want to do, um, whether it's getting knowledge out there, whether it's just, you know, f posting gifts and whatever. But like, um, it, it's always hard to know like how you're coming off. So I appreciate that very much. Um, I, I'm certainly kind of like a, a prototypical, like Asian American dude. Like I kind of grew up being like, kind of like wishing I was invisible. Um, and as I've kind of come into my own, I guess in the past few years, Really, it's been. I just want to give a shout out to like to all of the the black women that I've run to run into on Twitter specifically, mm. because like you know I'm talking about people like April Rain, who mm -hmm. uh, is the creator of the Oscar So White hashtag. Like these are people who like when I started reading their tweets about representation and being like, hey, wait a minute, like when I think about the history of representation of people of color in Hollywood, when I start thinking about these things, like so much of it actually felt like a truth that I was kind of denying myself for my entire life. And so speaking about it didn't necessarily come naturally to me and having that negativity come out, like was certainly, I would say as recently as like a year and a half ago was a really mm. difficult thing for me. Mm. Um, and actually not to sidetrack too much, but um, talking about the podcast, we recorded, uh, I want to say like 25 episodes or so before I had the guts to release the podcast, like to the world. Wow. And so 25 weeks, that's about a half a year, right? So that's about six months worth of episodes. Right. And the whole reasoning behind that was like, I could not take criticism or confrontation at all. Like mm -hmm. I have, I have some diagnosed depression and anxiety, which I also talk about uh, on Twitter and on the show. And like, I was really afraid that like someone was going to be like, nah, I kind of don't agree with you on Inception. And I was going to be like, I'm on the ledge. I'm going to jump. <laughs> Life isn't worth living. You I'm know, like. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that feeling. I'm just laughing at the way you're actually acting yeah. it out. <laughs> like, I mean, because that like that was totally who I was. And like the best gift that I ever got was an iTunes review that we got really, really early on mm. where somebody you know, thought, I guess, so highly of me, I guess, quote unquote, that they went onto iTunes and they wrote like a novel's worth of just hatred directed specifically at me. Like, wow. like it wasn't even like this show is terrible. It was like, this show sucks and it's all Sean's fault. Let me tell you why. Oh, and, oh like, I got when, yeah. What's that? Ben has a couple of those. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I have a few of those. The yeah. thing about it, though, is that, like, it, it makes you fearless. Like, you were talking about Tatiana. Like, it, for me, what it did was, uh, like, for the, you know, for the next couple days after that, I was like, oh, man, I, I got to stop. Like, I'm I'm terrible. Like, this pe these people are telling me that I'm terrible. I'm awful. Like, I'm boring and nobody wants to hear me. And then after the first two days, I was like, wait a minute. Like, none of that is true. Like, this person really tried specifically to get under my skin and, like, I mean, they said stuff as specific as like, uh, oh, you know, the guy that goes down to his local independent theater and he doesn't even go to a movie. He just tries to talk to the employees and try to like prove how much he knows about cinema. Yeah, that's Sean. Mm. No, I'm quite sure. And speaking of Twitter, we were also talking about this because the subject of race has been coming up a lot. 
you know, on this show is we distress geek culture and, you know, social <laughs> issues. <laughs> that, that oh, it's mind-boggling. We could do both. I know. Yeah, I never knew it was possible until today. <laughs> but, you know, we were talking about race on Twitter, and you just said one of the best and most simple breakdowns of what I've been, you know, trying to express on the show recently. Oh, thank you. Is that the idea of race comes from, you know, outside, and the idea of culture is something that comes from within. Yeah. Like, race is put upon us. Like, yes. what race you are is put upon on you. Your right. culture is something that comes from within, from within your family, your friends, et cetera, you know, history, all those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, it, I, I believe that it's a pretty nuanced thing. And uh, mm -hmm. like part of my, uh, part of my understanding of all this comes from something I read a really long time ago, 15 years ago, maybe. And, and it was basically talking about how time doesn't exist, how time is a construct. Mm -hmm. yep. And so... Like, I had other people read that, and they, I had arguments with them because, like, they, they just, they couldn't get it, in my opinion. You know, like, maybe they were seeing something different that I wasn't, but, like, the passage of time is something that exists, right? So, you get older, you know, the leaves fall off the tree, whatever. Like, the passage of time is something that actually happens. But, like, there's no such thing in nature as a, as a minute. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that's a structure that we have kind of placed We've, we've divided up like the way that time passes and put names on it. Yeah. Now people will be like, no, no matter what, when 60 seconds passes, that's a minute, right? Like, but I'm like, but again, that doesn't occur in nature. That's something that we're using to try to understand something that is occurring out there. So when you say something like, you know, race is a social construct, it doesn't really actually exist. People miss the point completely and go, oh, okay. So you're saying you're not Asian. You're saying that that yeah. person isn't black. And it's like, no, 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 that's not. No. Like the person is what they are, but the fact that there's a name for it and the fact that there's an associated power structure with it, like those things exist because humans decided, right? Like mm -hmm. somebody came up one day and they didn't just say like, hey, you're black. No, they said, that was the point I was making. Yeah, like they, what they did was they came up and said, hey, you're, you're below me. I, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, you know, it comes down to things like colorism and those kinds of things. But it's like, hey, you're below me. I don't really know why, but I, I have been able to subjugate you, whether it's advanced weaponry or, or whatever the case is. Like I've my people have been able to subjugate your people. Therefore, I get to call you something different. Right. Because, for mm -hmm. example, I'm free and you're not. So mm -hmm. I'm a master. You're a slave. Um, and then that all that gets kind of, you know, tangled up in this idea of race where it's like, okay, we need a name for these people, but you only need to name people because you, you're creating that divide, like you're creating that exclusion, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if uh, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> if white people saw themselves as equal to everyone else, like they never would have had to come up with these distinctions. So again, like I'm Asian, you're black, like that's super, super important to our experience because the way that people treat us, the way that we move through the world, the things that we have to think about and protect against and consider in all of our decisions come from the realities around us. It's it's not like I woke up and said, hey, I really hope people just assume that I don't know anything about pop culture because I'm Asian. Oh, that would be great. I would love that so much. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's all other people. So yeah, to me... 
the idea of culture, the idea of like, here's how Japanese people celebrate the new year. And here's all, you know, here's the, everything associated with that. Uh, here are the fireworks that we do as, as Chinese people uh, at the Chinese new year, like all that stuff we generated. And it's because we celebrate life in a certain way. We celebrate each other in a certain way. Uh, whereas race, uh, as you said, like it's, it's something that it's not used to celebrate anything. Like it's used to subjugate people. Like there, like I said, there's no reason to really call that out. Uh, when we talk about the genesis of race, there's no reason to call it out unless you're, you're trying to oppress somebody. Wow. I mean, thank you, sir. You know, for... <laughs> that you really did blow Ben away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's not even that. It, I, it's, I say the same thing, but I just yeah. said in a way that other people weren't understanding as well. And hopefully they do. I mean, but it also because people are born into this system of mm -hmm. race and stuff and be, they've been taught it their whole lives. Mm -hmm. So it's like you said, teaching people that time doesn't exist is something that's very difficult because their whole lives they've been trained a minute, you know, an hour, a day, everything yeah. like that. But that's only how humans experience time. And we only experience time at this way because we're humans. Like animals experience time in a different way because of their size, various other things. Yeah. So it's like it's all just a creation and a system that we put ourselves in. And my other issue with it, like you said, with race, it's always used to subjugate. Mm -hmm. And it's never used to unify. And white supremacy affects, I mean, not everyone to the same way, but it affects everyone. Yeah. And, you know, that's the problem. And the system of white supremacy is our enemy, not each other. Well, you were talking about white privilege and earlier you were talking about pop culture. So I wanted to get into a couple of items. I'm not sure if you haven't, if you still haven't seen them, but have you seen Doctor Strange or Iron Fist yet? No. Uh, and I actually do not plan to. Okay. Uh, Explain um, that. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of white people have been coming after me for, for not watching those things, being like, how can you criticize something that you haven't seen? And my answer is kind of multifaceted, and I don't expect them to accept this answer. But uh, the the main part to me is like there's a lot of entertainment choices out there, uh, including just going outside and breathing fresh air. So <laughs> I'm going to choose the entertainment options that don't fucking antagonize me personally. Like, I, I feel like that should be everybody's right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to be able to just like say, hey... I've had that experience of having a needle poked into my eye and I'm just going to say, no, I don't really want it this time. Yeah. You're not far off at all, but that also does ask the question like what, you know, how deep is your geek cred? Like, you know, what are you into besides, you know, just calling out everyone on Twitter? <laughs> Yo, that's my fandom right there. Like <laughs> the call out cruise. <laughs> um, I, so let's see. I was a child of the 90s, so when the the superhero craze swept through, uh, you know, you had Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man, um, mm. you know, followed by Eric Larson. Mm. You okay, had the, okay. the, the Jim Lee X-Men. <laughs> okay. Um, like, that was my... I don't, I don't really know that much before then, but, like, that, that shit was my jam, right? Like, I was really into Spider-Man because, like, he... You know, Stanley called him like uh, of New York's most neurotic superhero or something like that, mm -hmm. and like I really identified with that because like the sureness of everybody else of all the other superheroes. I mean, obviously someone like Batman, like the self righteousness is like a core part of his character, but 
Peter is always just like, I don't know if what I'm doing is correct. Like I'm saving this person's life, but as I'm doing it, I don't know if I should be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was really that hit home to me. And I think it really felt very Asian American to me as well, because, you know, we have this situation where it's like if I go like if I'm celebrating Chinese New Year, for instance, like am I betraying the fact that I'm an American by mm -hmm. participating in this very Asian culture and vice versa? Right. If I'm if I if I come home wearing blue jeans and listening to Bruce Springsteen or whatever the fuck white people do, like it, am I like a traitor to like my Asianness all of a sudden? You know what I mean? Like so there's always this questioning when you're an Asian American of like am I doing what I should be doing? Who who exactly is judging me? Do I have, you know, I like Mary Jane is thanking me, but J. Jonah Jameson is like, I'm a fucking menace. So like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand, right? So like uh, Spider-Man really hit home for me. I was a huge Spider-Man fan. I actually came into it not from any of the cartoon series, but from the Marvel uh, trading cards. Oh, and wow. I, actually, I recently, like I said, I recently moved from San Diego to LA. So I was like opening all these boxes that I hadn't opened in years. And I have full sets, I think all the way up to like series four or something of, nice. of the Marvel cards and then the X-Men spinoff cards, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the hologram cards yes. with the Spider-Man versus Venom and Spider-Man yes. versus Lizard and all that stuff. Like I got a bunch of those. Uh, so, them joints. Oh man, they're so good, right? <laughs> you say like, eventually I was like, I'm going to save up enough to buy a pack and then I buy a pack and then I'd be like, man, I got to save up to buy a case because opening one pack just isn't doing it for me. Like... <laughs> I got to get a shot at that hologram, but like, but yeah, so I kind of came into it through that way, but Spider-Man was huge for me, man. Like, like I would draw Spider-Man on everything. Like I'm a terrible artist. I can't draw anything, but like I learned how to draw, you know, the Spider-Man head, the kind of classic Spider-Man head. And, um, yeah, I was just big into it. And then the movies came out and I was just like, man, this is heaven. Like, it, so my geek cred like isn't super, super complete. Right. Like I think besides Spider-Man, I read X-Men. Uh, there were some kind of off the wall ones that, that I really liked and read like Sleepwalker, I think was his name. Yeah. Um, like basically anytime someone had a crossover with Spider-Man, I'd be like, all right, so I'm going to start reading that now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty That's sure. Get you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like I didn't give a shit about Wolverine until I like I there was a crossover where spoiler alert, Spider-Man accidentally kills like one of Wolverine's girlfriends, Charlemagne. Right? Oh wow! Does it sound familiar? No. You know, I don't know. <laughs> he oh, goes. To, he's fighting Wolverine. He goes to punch Wolverine like with all of his strength because Wolverine's got the adamantium uh, skeleton, right? So like, as hard as he possibly can, Wolverine dodges, and it just so happens that that woman is behind Wolverine, oh. and so he just fucking caves her head in, dude. Oh! And like, you know, Spider-Man, right? Like, he's been through Gwen Stacy and all that stuff, so he's like just fucking destroyed after that. <laughs> and and you what? know Wolverine like he's so pissed right like anyway so like that book is amazing I again my geek cred isn't good enough to where I can tell you like who wrote that and what year that I was I have to find this now oh man I spoiled the ending for you but it's, it's pretty, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I didn't give a shit about Wolverine until then so again like that's my exposure comes all through Peter Parker and like that's one of the reasons why I was full on the whole like when they were recasting uh, to to do the homecoming stuff, like I was like, Steven Yoon has to be Spider. Like I know he's too old now that we know the premise and everything, but I was like, look, this is a character who who doesn't know where he fits in. He's super fucking good at science, right? Like he's super ac acrobatic. Like when you look at Spider Man, 
he looks Asian to me. He looks like that dude from Ocean's Eleven, um, the, like the guy who has to squeeze into the uh, the cart and then like comes back out to like uh, uh, break into the safe. You know what I'm talking about? He's like a Chinese gymnast or something. But like Spider-Man to me is all those things. Like it makes way more sense for him to be Asian American than anything else. But anyway, uh, that's that's what my geek cred is. Uh, not very much, but like, but I know I know like the things that I am into. Did you just compare Spider-Man to the guy from Ocean's 11 and 12 and 13? <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck yeah. Masterful. Yo, look, look at his backflips and tell me that that's not Spider-Man. Oh, no, when he's in that elevator shaft and doing those moves with those elevators, no. that's way better than Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, maybe I, maybe I downgraded him a little bit, but like, <laughs> just a for bit. sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we do have one last thing that we have to talk about because you were talking about, you know, the trolls and going through everything, you know, as you were doing this podcast. But you also said that you went through a divorce. So it's like, (laughs) how did you handle that? You know, how was the healing process and what did you do to, you know, keep going with your podcast and everything else you've been doing through all this? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, so I... I'm about three months out at this point from the decision to get divorced, uh, which was a mutual one. And so we're not even like, we're not legally divorced yet. You got to wait six months in California. Mm. So like technically, legally, we're still married. Um, You know, it, it has been, I'm not sure that like other people can kind of learn a lot from this because it's been fairly smooth. Like I would say, looking back on it, we both, we're drifting out of the relationship for like the, the final year and a half or so. Um, and you know, I have a lot of petty shit that I can say, but I'm going to refrain, uh, from that. Maybe we'll do a special episode that, uh, like is Patreon only or something. Um, or at least wait till the papers get signed. Cause <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Right I don't want to have to hire lawyers at this point. You know what I mean? Anyway. So, <laughs> um, so I, it's been relatively easy, but I like for the, at least for the first few weeks, it was kind of a really difficult thing, obviously emotionally to kind of like wrap my head around. And I would say, uh, as far as geek credit is concerned, like the, the thing that helped me the most throughout that period, um, the first few weeks was actually Steven universe, which that's a show that I had never seen before. And for years, people have been telling me to watch it. And I don't know what, like, for whatever reason, I just, it's not that I wasn't interested, but it's just that I never got around to it. And then, you know, like, I'm, my wife and I are living in the same house, but we're not speaking and it's a really difficult thing. So I'm kind of shut into the bedroom and I'm like, well, let me watch something that I haven't seen a million times before and something that might make me happy. So I'll try the Steven Universe thing. And like that show to me is like so much about unconditional love like it's about so many things it's about the gender spectrum it's about like knowing who you are and self-love but it's also about like just people valuing each other regardless of what like any outside circumstances and that's something that like i think to a certain degree everybody is looking for not just in a romantic relationship but you know with your parents and 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 everybody that you have any kind of relationship with. So for me watching that show and being like, there is like, there's a world, even if it's fictional, there's a world in which people understand that. And there are creators and animators and writers behind this show 
who feel like it's valuable enough that like there are plot lines revolving around it like just kind of made me just really happy um and I, like i say happy with kind of a question mark because like it was it wasn't even like i'm jumping for joy it wasn't like being ecstatic it was just like the comfort of feeling not terrible would like wash over me right. um when i was watching that show so among many other things but like steven universe was this really weird surprise that i didn't expect to like be the thing that was helping me through that you know mm. that's great i love steven universe oh it's this so good like even just even if you have it on mute and you're just watching it it just gives you a warm feeling like yeah. you feel embraced by it. i really love that show yeah it really is amazing i'm like i'm a 36 year old man going through a divorce being like steven universe <laughs> like <laughs> if you steven universe is for everybody all right well sean you have survived the interview segment of fan bros show but as Ooh, you know really? it's now time for the brat <laughs> segment <laughs> rapid fire questions I've been looking forward to this for so long. Like, every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, I'm like, here's how I would answer that. Are you been preparing and editing your answers and going, no, 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 that's not right. Yeah, yeah, I got you know, I'm writing it down. Like, all right, okay, no, no, but this person, they bring up a good point. Let me pick that one. That means we got to throw him some curveballs, Ben. All right, well, you know, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. So first up, you know, straightforward, Falcon or War Machine? Uh oh, man. See, I hadn't thought about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. right away Got him. I, was, I, sh I, I should have actually taken notes um i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go with war machine because like honestly with the movies like i think they've done him the dirtiest and so i just i want to be like behind him you know what i mean mm. Mm, very good, good point he, in the comics too he's been just he, he's dead in the comics right now so he's been done even worse oh yeah that's right oh yeah yeah, yeah. spoiler ridiculous <laughs> he says it and then says spoiler <laughs> okay magneto or professor x so okay so this is this is one of those ones that's really really hard i oh sh I'm, i literally just changed my answer just as i was about to say it <laughs> i oh god uh, see it's not easy fan bros no i know like i was listening to other people and i'm like man why, why why are you taking any time to think about it it's obviously <laughs> but now that i'm here um shit okay well you know there's uh th there are pros and cons to both uh -oh. i'm gonna go uh -oh. with uh i'm gonna go with magneto okay and I, my reasoning is just like that's just how i feel like right this minute i mean his costume is badass mm-hmm mm -hmm. Helmet is one of the greatest helmets oh, of all time. The yep, cape. Absolutely. Yeah. He's just, yep. he's just so regal. He's just a regal motherfucker. I he love is. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Luke Cage or Black Panther? Uh, I'm going to go with Luke Cage, uh, not because I don't like Black Panther. That That's like a ridiculously hard question. But um, when the Black Panther movie comes out, uh, things might change. But as you know, I'm, I'm kind of everybody outside of Spider-Man. I'm way more kind of about the movies and TV shows than anything else. And Luke Cage's series just like blew me away. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, with uh, Luke Cage for now. Teen Titans or X-Men? Um, well, okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of episodes of X-Men and I've seen like two episodes of Teen Titans. Um, and so obviously my answer is going to be Teen Titans. And like, <laughs> I, I'm going to prepare for the dragging, dragging that I'm going to get. But like when I was reading uh, X-Men in the 90s and the cartoon was out at the same time, I was like, 
man, this is, this, this is bullshit. This is for kids. Like, it's not this is, this is like the Jim Lee shit that I'm used to. Um, so, I, yeah, I was one of those guys. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to go Teen Titans. <laughs> okay. Drag me. <laughs> He's come, for come it. at me. Don't come at Sean. Honestly, Sean is probably the last person you want to come after. He yeah. will come back on you like three times as heavy. <laughs> you might want to think about this before you do it. But if you want to drag him, he he welcomed it. I'm there. I'm here. <laughs> okay, Lex Luthor or Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. Again, it's a costume thing. Uh, yes. That mask is amazing. Yeah. I, I think the like it's hard to make the green and silver work. Also, like it's not necessarily like the most natural color combination. Can you tell I'm also a graphic designer? Like this, yes. is, this is a big deal. <laughs> like Lex Luthor has like he's bald and like that's his whole costume. You know what I mean? Because like the different iterations have had like different outfits and stuff. But like Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. and he makes that green and silver work. He like, really he does makes it work. Yep. <laughs> gif of uh, Tyra walking down the runway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see where your horror aptitude is at. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers, Freddy, or Jason? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with Freddy and a couple reasons for that. One, he's the only one out of those three who talks and he's funny. Like, and I appreciate, like, I, I just appreciate a good sense of humor. Um, Second of all, like while killing people, <laughs> yeah, while killing people. I mean, you know, you gotta love your job, and he clearly does. You know, you gotta love what you do. Uh, <laughs> um, Mike Myers, like, I'm just not at all impressed by. Like, he's just a dude that like shows up and kills people. Jason is at least a little more like nasty, in my opinion. Like, he's got a little bit of an edge, and you kind of know where it comes from and everything. But like, Freddie, like. Yeah, like I said, especially with something like New Nightmare, like where mm. that that movie is like a meta movie, like the, mm-hmm. nothing in there makes sense, but it all makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, Freddie, I'm into it. Plus uh, the sweater, you know. <laughs> it's just all coming down to cost. Comes down to costumes every single time. Yeah, but yeah, that sweater. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Todd McFarlane or Jim Lee. Oh, uh, you're asking an Asian guy? Um, which of those two I would pick? Mm. Huh, let me... Th- uh, mm, mm, mm. 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 Well, I mean, like, the truth is that Jim Lee is better. Like, that. Like I don't even need to, like, fall back on race. Like, Jim Lee... Ooh, is, I think... I think uh, at no totally, folks. <laughs> the dragging has come Drag me. I mean... Like I'd the thing about Jim, the thing about Jim Lee, like look at his how his style like has grown and changed since mm-hmm. he did. I mean, you can still tell it's Jim Lee, like he's still got his signature look there. But I mean, like the dimensions of the characters and like what he spotlights on a human body, it, mm-hmm. it's so different from X Men to Batman, for instance. Like I, I don't know, I just I think that like he he's one of those guys where his style is always his style, but at the same time, like he. He will change his style. He will update what he does based on the property that he's working on, based on the tone that he needs to go for. I feel like Todd McFarlane himself is more of like a brand, right? Like he's got McFarlane toys and he's whatever. So like mm-hmm. he's almost more boxed in to the point where, yes, his style does grow and change, but it can't stray too far away from the Todd McFarlane brand. Yeah. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but like that's, no, that's a huge it, it reason why. It makes total sense. 
Yeah. But like you said, Todd McFarlane changed my life when he first came on to Spider-Man. I was like, you oh know, yeah, that that's when I began loving Spider-Man. Before that, that I that Torment movies. series is amazing. Oh. Like visually, just it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and the dialogue in that run is very sparse as well. So like you had to have an artist who knew what they were doing. And so yeah, I mean, Todd McFarlane is great. Like I'm not gonna say that like I picked Jim Lee because he's good. And Todd McFarlane is shit. <laughs> like, that's definitely not the vibe we're going for. But yeah, but yeah, Jim Lee. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. I'm so sorry, Tatiana. That's uh, okay. <laughs> that's okay. I've actually, and again, like, this is one of those situations where it's like, well, you know, if you're Asian, uh, maybe you should be picking Star Trek because you actually had representation back in the day. Like, it, it, it is a more racially diverse kind of situation. But like, for whatever reason... I just never got into Star Trek, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan since I was See, a kid. And that's fine, but I can't take Ben on me laughing in the background. I just want to <laughs> climb through and strangle him. Freddy Krueger style when he comes through the phone. Like you said, yes. Star Trek are definitely more inclusive, you know, especially back in the day. You know, but <laughs> Star Wars is now making up for it. Star and, Wars mm, is mm, making mm, up mm. for it late as usual, but... It's, it's very I mean, exciting. It's going to need like 10 more years to catch up, though. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're already at the point where, like, not only do we have an Asian-American man uh, as a very significant character in the recent Star Trek movies, but he's also a, a queer Asian man, right? So, like, mm. like Star Wars isn't going to get there for a while, but, I would guess. You know, the, the, the one thing about it is Star Wars is probably going to have 10 more years. Oh, oh you know what? Oh, oh. You know what? I'm actually not even going to be mad about that because the way that CBS Paramount be playing Star Trek, they going to put yes. this shit in the trash on their own. I'm not even saying so that. I'm not even mad. Yeah, I'm not even I'm mad because that's true. I'm not even saying that is hating. I'm just saying. No, <laughs> because they're mishandling it, and I will have words with the manager. Yes. Apple Care told me. <laughs> I do got to shout out Justin Lin, though. Uh -huh. Justin Lin. Uh, yeah. the, the biggest Asian American name as a director working in Hollywood with the, <laughs> the last Star Trek movie. All those Fast and Furious movies bring it back from the dead. Justin Lin, shout out. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, and he's great. Because he got me into Fast and the Furious as well. Yeah, dude. All right. Favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Uh, this is another one where every time I hear it on the show, I'm like, huh, that person uh, made the right choice. And then next week, I'm like, oh, that person made the right choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I don't want to be like just, I don't want to be basic, but like Blade has to be it, right? So are you calling everyone who chose Blade basic? <laughs> oh, shit. Lexi chose <laughs> Wait, oh. He said, "Oh shit, Lexi!" Oh, edit, edit. She lives in the, in this city. I she do does. not need her tracking me down. Lexi, you're not basic. Roundhouse kick to the face <laughs> with a smile. She could kick, she could kick over me without breaking a sweat. Like that's the problem. Oh, no, no, Blade is definitely not basic. You know, a lot of people answer it because it's Blade. Like, right? You know, you Blade is so good. Iconic. I mean, yeah. like, so I, I love Wesley in White Man Can't Jump. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's, like, that's one of his most fun performances, in my opinion. But, yeah, Blade as a movie is just so good. Mm-hmm. Damn sure is. Okay. In any medium, which character death hurt you the worst? Uh, Yeah, I thought about this one, too, because I know a lot of people have trouble answering it. Um, And 
I know other ones have hurt me more, but just to kind of stay on topic, I'm going to say Glenn uh, from The Walking Dead. <laughs> Especially because, like, yeah. if, if you don't know who Vincent Chin is, uh, that is a man who, uh, that is a Chinese American who was beaten to death with a baseball bat. Oh. And so, like. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's a. make that connection. That I is a huge. Know milestone in like every asian american person you know growing up is like you hear about this because wow. you know in the same way that you hear about rodney king right like yeah you hear about oh, these things right yeah. yeah so within the community it's like that i don't think a lot of people outside of the asian american community really remember who vincent chin is but like that shit was traumatic on that level right i mean like mm. they they showed its eyeball hanging out <laughs> like yeah. like this is this is something that you don't do when you're portraying an Asian American character dying on in, in any format. Like you just don't do that. And so not only is it that the character death was difficult and like, I'll be real. Like I kind of wanted him to die so that Steven Yoon could be in movies and shit. Right. So right. I'm kind of glad he's off. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you pick the one way that you should not be killing this character. And the fact that like, that was a really, uh, you know, there were some Asian Americans who like wrote extensively about that connection, but like it didn't make it to the mainstream, right? Like it wasn't like there were Walking Dead critics who were like, "Ooh, this is a little uncomfortable." Um, so it was another one of those situations where, as Asian Americans, that came up. We certainly made noise about it, and like everybody ignored that noise also, wow. right? So it's like a double erasure almost. This is so, the first yeah. time I'm hearing of like like in detail yeah. about that right and wow. that's the thing is like i know both of you are plugged into to these communities and like you know so if it's something that even you haven't heard about like really you know what i mean it's it's mm -hmm. that's kind of where we are as asian americans like if we if we speak out um it's really it's not taken seriously until it gets to a certain point mm. and i mean i think that goes for any oppressed community but you know more so for different ones because yeah, the, we're, you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're dot, a different. Dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, we're. I mean, my whole thing is like, so I I say things like that, and then I get like fellow Asian American people like trolling me, basically, like, oh, okay, so if that's the case, if Asian Americans are so invisible, then why do you why do you try to establish solidarity with Black people? Like they're taking up the space. You know what I mean? Like. Denzel Washington being a movie took took space from Jackie Chan to be in a movie or whatever and it's like okay first that's bullshit right but like, but it doesn't make any sense they weren't gonna cast him in Fences even though Jackie Chan would have killed <laughs> would have been perfect for that role I would pay all the money oh my all gosh <laughs> right but like and Fences but like that's the thing is so okay so if black people are are finally finally getting one percent of the pie and white people are still getting 99 percent of the pie why are you going after the one percent of the pie as asian people you know what i mean like that would that makes no sense whatsoever so it's like again we have like this common enemy called whiteness so yeah so anyway point being that like um we're, we're all on this same path towards like toppling white supremacy and whether or not we'll ever get there is beside the point like we won't even sniff it unless we're together. So we're on maybe different parts of the journey. So maybe invisibility is something that Asian Americans are dealing with right now. Um, but, you know, that was something that, that black people in America, black Americans had to deal with. And now a lot of black Americans deal with hyper visibility, which is not, that's not better. You know what I mean? Like 
So we're all on the same path, in my opinion. We're on different parts of the path. And so, yeah, I, I don't look at it as uh, uh, that. That's the ending of my dot, dot, dot to kind of add on to what right. you were saying. Ben, I mean, definitely you, everything you you know, it's so funny because you literally were mirror, mirroring words that Perry Young told us last year on 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 Fanbro's show. He's an oh, actor. Nice. And like, yeah, yeah. wow, man, jeez, the parallels. <laughs> but yes. All right, the last one. If you can have any one superpower, what would it be? Uh, uh, I mean, the one that Lexi said is is pretty difficult to top. Um, <laughs> the one where, like, you know, if you could make white privilege like a real thing, um, right? So I've been trying to think of one that's like <laughs> not better than that. Because again, Lexi, I'm not. We're not fighting. I'm not coming after you. Um, <laughs> protect your neck. I gotta get. I gotta put more locks on this door. I think. Um, if you know of of a a, a way to Lexi proof my home, give you me a call. Make it like she's like the Terminator in T two. Like she's just gonna come at you. No, she's liquid she's metal nothing, and all. She is nothing like. She is far scarier. Um, now nah, she's been on my. She's been on my show. <laughs> Obviously, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but I like, I'm not gonna piss her off. Are you gonna piss her off? No. <laughs> you can't. You <laughs> don't can't. do it. Uh, let's see. So I don't know. Like I let me just be selfish. Like because <laughs> I've been uh, I've been fairly unselfish throughout this entire episode. I hope um, I'm just gonna say the ability to fly because it would fucking be so fun. Like, it would just be so much fun to just fly places. Oh, damn sure would be. It really would. Right. I ain't gonna lie, I would be really scared at first because it's just like, you're not supposed to be up there. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, once you get used to it, man, it just looks like so much fun. Definitely does. And, you know, this has been so much fun, but you've survived the Brab segment. You survived right. the whole Fan Bro Show interview. So, you know, please let the internets know where they can find you at, Sean. Oh, yeah. Uh, troll me and drag me on Twitter. Uh, that is at NoTotally. And that happens to be the name of my podcast, which is No Totally, and the website for the podcast, which is NoTotally.com. Um, and if you would like to support me financially, which I uh, very much appreciate, uh, you can find that information at Patreon.com slash NoTotally. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Excellent. We're going to get you that deluxe apartment in the sky, okay? Hell yeah. Well, we'll let you figure that out, but we're <laughs> going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more fan bros. Hey, what's going on? This is Lewis Tan. When I'm not swinging swords and taking names, I'm listening to fan bros. You already know. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about ex mocking of the movie, I'm listening to fan bros. <laughs> This is Tanahasi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the fan bros. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to fan bros. And welcome back, fan bros. I know you enjoyed that incredible, stupendous, ridiculous interview. You know, we were just chilling, hanging out, dropping that knowledge with the brother Sean Lau up in here, up in the spaceship. 
But mm-hmm. now it's time for one of my favorite segments. Thank you as always for hitting up with these questions, your comments, your love, your hate, any of that. Contact at fanbros.com. Let's hear that song. The guac is extra. And what we got up first, Tatiana? Up first, and the only one for today, we have from Mia. She writes, just want to start off by saying I love you guys, and I'm a devoted passenger on the spaceship. All right. So the other night, they, she was having a huge debate with her friends. They were talking about the baddest heroes, and one of the friends said that it was Batman because he overcame so much adversity and started from the bottom. Jokingly, she said, but did he? And while she and a few people started to laugh, the Batman fan was like immediately offended and demanded that she explain. She expressed that while Batman is super legit, he did not start from the bottom. He had privilege. She started to go into detail and her friend turned around and began to mansplain to her by telling her that she didn't understand the definitions of race, white privilege, etc. Um, and she says she wants to add in, this is far from the truth because she's getting her PhD in sociology and she is an educated woman. Mm. So remember that. But um, she says she did not expect all this heat to come from a conversation surrounding a fictional character. So she asks us, do you guys believe that Batman started from the bottom, quote unquote, and lacked privilege? Who are some superheroes or villains that you guys think would have completely different trajectories if it wasn't for their privilege? Danny Rand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because you, at least, at least the Netflix version, you would not be finding no damn jet nowhere in China. You would have never had that problem. And even if you somehow got to Kunlun, you would never come home to be a billionaire. You know, yeah, you would have had mad problems when you got back to the streets. No social security, no ID. It would have been tight, boy. No job. Your ass wouldn't be driving no Maserati with no license talking about, Mm -hmm. oh, it's because I'm rich. Rich. No, my ninja. It's because you are white. (laughs) And privileged. Not white, but super rich. Yeah, privileged. But that's a whole nother situation too, Ben, because you got to remember there's such thing as driving while black and all that other stuff. Oh, but, true indeed. Oh, you can be rich as hell and still look at Wyclef. Shouts to Wyclef. I mean, not Just shouts to you on that. Yeah. So to get, to get more to the, the, the meat of the question, hell nah, that may start from no damn bottom. I don't even understand why someone would preface their argument by saying he started from the bottom. What, what bottom? The bottom of the pit he was in, and in, in the Batman, be, you know, be, the Batman movie. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. he was the indicative poster child for privilege, but that's also the point of his character. And 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 other there's other there's obviously other things going on with him, but that's one of the points of batman he's always been this rich guy if you're saying he started from the bottom because he lost both his parents okay but that's not quite how i would define started from the bottom Mm -mm. and my other thing about it is people always say that batman can't be played by like a black person an asian person anyone other than a white person and they always say that and they don't realize how crazy they're sounding why why? but what they are saying is that you know these other races don't uh, you know, alleged races, whatever, these other cultures don't have historical wealth. Mm. So they can't be like the Waynes where they come from a long line of money because they don't you mean have America. That. 
in America. Or, or wherever have, that the fictional area of Gotham's supposed yeah. to be, which is America. Yeah, so they don't have those things. And so they don't realize how telling that is what they're saying on both ways just by saying that, that, you know, black people or whoever people don't have fictional wealth other than a white culture, which is, you know, in some cases true. But, you know, we got a few generations and there's people who've had money for a while. So it could happen that Batman could be anything. But no, Batman definitely does have privilege and let's see, we said Danny Rand. Oh, man. Oh. But, but I also got, I got to just go back to that one just once more. Like, that's a mm-hmm. very American way to think about it. Yes. Like, because. Oh, if, yeah. If you if you go to, I'm not going to get through the history. Y'all could Google. <laughs> yeah, but definitely so, in a very American way. But Batman's an American character. So, you know, yeah. that kind of counts for that one. So who are some superheroes or villains that you think would have completely different trajectories if it wasn't for their privilege? Black oh. Panther. Mm. okay we are getting some of that <laughs> that would change everything everything about him if he was a normal citizen of wakanda he doesn't become black panther i mean he becomes black panther because he's born into the monarchy and he wouldn't right he wouldn't even have the experiences he's had because of the black panther mantle and because of who his father was and because of who his family is you're absolutely right mm-hmm. that's a good one See, now, this another thing, like, it depends on what we're defining when we say privilege. Like, are we just simply talking about money or we're talking about social privilege, whether you're talking about the constructs of race or anything well, like that? Because you're I just mean, talking about money. You can name some rich ass villains, i.e. Lex Luthor. Yep. Take away their money. And then what are they? Then again, somebody like Lex Luthor, he's so he's a bad motherfucker. He still be Lex Luthor without the money. He figured out a way. But it would change at least initially, initially his trajectory. Possibly. It definitely was. Yeah, because I'm not even sure if in all the stories Lex is rich. But, it, you know, mm. in the ones where he is initially, it would definitely change his trajectory. Hmm. I mean, you, yeah, it really pretty much any character that you apply that to that I'm really thinking about, you know, other than some very rare cases. Let, let's say Superman lands in some rich, you know, person's condo instead of a home in Kansas. You know, he turns out completely differently. You know, uh, let's say, you know, the Joker grows up rich and doesn't, you know, grow up a poor dude, according to his story that he tells people. Right. You know, and his wife can get medical care and all that, and she doesn't die, and you know, et cetera, things. It's like he doesn't grow up in the hood. He doesn't have this rough life before he is Joker, mm. according to the story. Uh, Frank Castle, the Punisher. You know, he doesn't. If he's rich, he he never goes to Vietnam in the first place. You know, he's like Trump and gets off on deferments, and <laughs> you know, doesn't become a police officer when he come home. Well, doesn't make a deal with the devil in Vietnam like they say he did, and you know, doesn't become a police officer when he comes home, and boom. His family never gets killed by mobsters. So you're saying, like, even if you reverse it and apply it to different characters, pretty much you, you're ch- you can essentially change the trajectory. Like I said, there's 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 maybe a handful of characters yeah. where no matter what, it's just something intrinsic to their nature where they'll find a way back to that endpoint that they always mm-hmm. will. I, I personally believe Lex is one of those people yes. because he's just so mentally direct and strong with how he feels and like his ideology on life so i just think just certain heroes or villains depending on how strong their personal ideologies are then regardless of where they start out they're still going to end up the same 
Well, shout outs to you, Mia, because I think that is an incredible question. Absolutely. Yeah. And really, you know, sparks your mind on a lot of different paths for alternate takes on heroes and stuff and villains and everything. That is just a really great question. And like I said, I think it really applies to Black Panther, especially in a weird way, because he has all those things. He has cultural status. He has social status. He got all the money he needs, Mm -hmm. you know. And this is all because of who he's and how he's born into the monarchy. And that's actually explored in Ta-Nehisi's Black Panther. So I think that, you know, is something that's really interesting and yep. great question. Awesome question. And we really love everyone when they send in their questions. So make sure you hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. Like we said on, on the Twitters, we see all of your questions. It may not, everything may not make it to air, but we do Read them, and we love them, and we'll always respond to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and if they don't make it to air this week, you know, or the week you sent them they in. They may come next week. You have no idea. They might oh, come a month from now, you know. Right. But they'll be there. Don't worry about it. That's Send why them you in. need to listen every single week. And subscribe to Fan Bro Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, all of the above, Stitcher, wherever you find this dopeness. You know, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, five stars, all that good stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for that good old Tech Talk with Tatiana. This week in tech news, we have some quick news on <laughs> deck. Why are you laughing? I mean, I already know what we got on deck, so. <laughs> um, apparently, this 17-year-old kid built a rapping AI bot They did so by using a library that was comprised of 6,000 Kanye West lyrics. Um, This 17-year-old is named Robbie Robbie or Roby Barrett. I'm not sure where Roby is from, but they did this. And I actually listened. You could could find it on YouTube. But I listened to the rapping bot, and it sounds like a robot. It sounds like... Oh my guys, you messing up my eyes. Fuck up your sleeves and fire up the skies. They steal your whole sound. That's a real world challenge. You an addict of cheating, but I took the charge. Stop running up my money tall. Height advantage. Oh, 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 you too much to handle in one package. Um, but that being said, it is an AI, so it's supposed to be able to kind of adapt and the more information it gets, the more it, it, it trains itself on rap songs, the better it should get as time goes by. So what do you think about this rapping robot? Uh, I mean, I think that's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of rappers out there who could use the, this guy's help once they, you know, he improves the protocol and programming a little bit because, right, right. you know, if you can just feed it random lyrics and it just starts learning cadences and things of that nature and how to put together flows. Like, right. Now, right. Ooh. Once if it can start learning cadences, then that's another thing because Ghost it writer. is writing its own rhymes based off the, as you say, the information you're feeding at the library that it has. But like, as you say, could you imagine like a robot that had, I don't know, a flow like Drake? Mm, I don't think it's that difficult. you're so rude but i mean i love it especially lately i mean i love you know i i I still haven't finished um uh, more life so i'm not gonna you know completely you know tear it apart but i actually like it's a lot of song it's It's long. long there are some some little bops in there here and there 
Yep. Just because the the beat is good, it's not like he really say anything. But for lots of times, like depending on your mood, it's not even about all that. You just want something that's that's catchy that you can just jam to for the moment. Yeah, I mean, but it's old school Drake, flow. Yeah. New school Drake is a uh, Pitbull t- style. Ooh. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, that that is, look, Pitbull himself can rap his ass off. Don't get it twisted, you know. But they going for the money. You dumb but it he down. He stays in his lane. Yeah, you dumb it down. You know, when you want the money, you dumb it down. Mm-hmm. Something we might need to learn over here. But, you know, <laughs> right now it's time for Comics I Copped. You know, where we never dumb it down here, folks. We always bring you that intelligence, that news, that hotness. And this week, it was kind of a slow week for me, but it's like it's funny at the same time because... All the people of color comics, well, not all of them, but a good number of them dropped from Marvel this week. Invincible Iron Man featuring everyone's favorite Riri dropped. And I haven't been reading this. I'm actually waiting for the trade, but everyone has told me it's excellent. So I have to eat my own words from before because I was really hoping that Brian Michael Bendis wasn't, you know, not I wasn't hoping he wouldn't be good, but I was hoping that someone else would be writing it. But people have been telling me that he's been killing it. And Bendis, when he wants to be, like, his ultimate Spider-Man run is one of my favorite runs of Spider-Man ever. So when he wants to be dope, he's dope, and people are saying he's killing it. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur hits issue 17, which is crazy that they're, you know, I'm happy they're still going. Black Panther 12 dropped this week. And Ultimates, which I'm talking about again and again, you know, which features this team of some of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel Universe who are all people of color, everyone's favorite, Monica Rambeau is in there, um, you know, Captain Marvel, Spectrum. The other Captain Marvel is down with them, Miss America, Blue Marvel, a bunch of dope heroes, a lot of people of color. And lately they've been throwing in this big giant storyline about, you know, all the big entities in the universe, like the Celestials, Galactus, uh, I mean, just everyone down the line, Eternity, everything, all these giant cosmic forces and they've all been going all this change, all this wild stuff is happening. And at the same time, they brought in a lot of characters from the old school Marvel New Universe from the 80s. If people remember that, it's some old school stuff. It was this whole other universe, but they brought in characters, revamped them. It's just dope as hell. Mm. We got to have Al Ewing. That's the author on here soon because it's just one of my favorite series. Go pick up the first two trades from the first run. And this is the second run and it's now uh, five. So the latest trade will be coming out soon. But just one of my favorite series out right now is Ultimates. It's, you know, hot fire. So check that out. Nice. Yeah, that's it for Comics I Cop this week. Like I said, kind of a quick week for me, but definitely some dope stuff. Make sure you're reading Invincible Iron Man, Moon Girl, Black Panther just at 12. And that's in the middle of the big war that has been building up from the start of the series. And we were talking about that earlier, how, how people are now. That's been a theme of the Black Panther series that they've been challenging T'Challa because he's the monarch. And it's been exploring what it means to be a king and why he's a king, you know, just because he's born into it. But at the same time, does he really want to be a king? So I think, you know, a lot of people wrote ta stuff off at first or they loved it. But, you know, it's really mixed feelings. But as he's gotten into the story he's been telling, he's been killing it. So yeah, shout out to him. It's yeah. absolutely gotten better over time. So mm-hmm. worth reading. Yes, well worth reading. It became one of my favorite books. At first, I was like, okay, but I knew it was his first book ever, so you got to give him time. But he is guided and is doing it, so check that out. All right, what else we got, Tatiana? I know we got some news. Yes. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get through the quick 
stuff first before we get to the the, the big stuff. Uh, your boy Justin Lin will be directing yep. Standoff, which is an action drama about the first confrontation between the Black Panthers and versus SWAT. That's not little, actually. That's huge. Yes. That's a big story <laughs> to talk about. Yes, that is. Because wow. SWAT is like, I'm not sure if it's exactly Black Panthers, but I mean, after the Black Panthers games and everything that arose out of the, you know, Black Panthers demise is the reason for SWAT's existing to this day and the reason why they're used way too much and why SWAT teams are way over-equipped and why we have a police, damn near a police state in America right now. Why so, are our police yeah. so militarized? Yep. So shout outs to Justin Linters. He's an incredible director. And yeah, that's dope. I can't wait to see this. He's gotten he's he's gotten much more well versed over time. I mean, you know, he he but he saved Fast and Furious, like Sean said earlier. But he yeah. did. Yes. <laughs> yes. He did. Cause like I was actually I remember I was very surprised how good it was. I love the latest few. He he's been killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to see the next one? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't sound too sure. <laughs> I'm just not so sure about this one. It doesn't, it hasn't this, been catching It seems me. boring. Yeah, even with a damn submarine. It's like, oh, come on, man. I don't know. The submarine, you know, whenever cars drive on ice since that James Bond joint, it's never been like a good look to me. It's like always been like, what? Like, nah. Also happening, uh, the oh, which is really cool news. For the Power Rangers movie that's dropping on the 24th this Friday, the there was a big reveal that the Yellow Ranger, played by Becky G, is going to be the first queer superhero on screen. I don't know if that how true that is in terms of superhero in general, but at least from the the standpoint of the Power Rangers movie, absolutely the first. Um, as far as on screen. Yeah, I don't know if that's quite true in terms of just in general and all screen superheroes. But when it comes to Power Rangers, absolutely yes. Now, one thing to point out is the guy that played Billy in the original Power Rangers on the TV series, he's actually a gay man in real life. And then supposedly they were going to write in some stuff uh, into the show to to integrate that. But then that got shot down. Mm. And this was like, you know, this is this is what mid 90s or 95, yeah. some shit like that. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't flying in probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they were not having that one. Yeah. And, and at one point in this, the new Power Rangers movie that's coming out, one character asked Trini, the Yellow Ranger, asked her if she's having boyfriend trouble. And she says, actually, girlfriend problems. And that's literally the only mention or the only allusion to the fact that she's a queer character. But the fact that they put that in the movie, that's cool. Um, I I hope that there's more than that because I I didn't see anything else. No, that's it. But the thing is, the director has already planned six of these joints. Oh, my God. So by the end of it, she could be married, you know, adopt some kids, you know, you know, do anything. I mean, not even have to adopt, you know. No, you have to adopt. I'm saying yeah, so you know, yeah, six of these movies. She could have her own mini Power Rangers by the end of they this. They believe in this that much, huh? Whew. I mean, people seem hype. I'm not mad at it. It looks cool. I'm not a Power Rangers it, fan, but you it know. looks cool, so I'm definitely gonna see it. But it's just, yeah. damn, that's you, you, you. Six, yeah. And the director's been coming <laughs> Get a out talking. Ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's been coming out like already defending his work. He's like, I had a vision, you know, so people don't like it, whatever, you know, already. So, uh, and finally. The thing that's causing a lot of controversy right now for 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 a lot of reasons is that the American quote unquote Netflix adaptation of the anime manga Death Note has dropped and there's a lot of people not happy about it. 
Now, if you listen to Outlaw Bars, our anime-based podcast, they've As talked about should. it months ago. We've actually also mentioned it on this podcast, on Fanbro Show Main, last year, like early on last year. And I personally was just a bit offended when they started doing the casting because the main lead, whose name in the original Japanese story is Light Yagami, they cast that as a white dude. <laughs> His name is... Uh, yeah, I, I think we heard you right. the first time. Right. So, <laughs> n- n- listen, I understand. One thing One thing we talked about on Twitter today when, when this whole thing came up, I expressed that I'm clear in understanding that there are stories that are, that are rebooted, redone, remade homages, uh, complete ripoffs from stories all over the world where they change character names, they change some elements around, but essentially they're just doing the story. I just think in this period of time that we're in right now socially, that if you are going to take something that has a, a, a very deeply rooted cultural connection to a certain group of people, in this case, the Japanese people, you have to really interrogate why you think that's okay to do something that is potentially stripping the, the the underlying value of that thing. Now, I'm not just talking about changing the character's name. Um, I'm talking about just the fact that like, there's a lot of things about Death Note that are just intrinsically Japanese, just the, the, the main character and the things that he's going through the, his, his, I don't want to give away for people who haven't seen it, but his quote unquote friend, Ryuk, that he's a Shinigami, which is like a Japanese death god. There's a lot of different things that while <laughs> while they are absolutely gonna just have to translate it to to appeal to whatever US audiences, it's just like, did you have to just strip out like all the Asian people from it too? No, and they don't need to strip out any of that thing about Asian death gods either. You know, it's like, why not have those? But no, we have to watch gods of Egypt with white people. Like, it's like, it's ridiculous. You know, there's just no need to, you know, take all these things away. Obviously, Death Note was a hit enough where, you know, when you remake it, just keep it the same. And, yeah, for those who don't know, there were actually two Japanese and um, adaptation live movies. Mm Mm-hmm that happened like years ago one in like 20 2008 even and then one that happened years later but there's two live action death note movies so if you want to see what the original really is like go watch that you can find it anywhere online i'm not gonna tell you where but you could just look look it up and find it um and i would just say again i'm not gonna tell people don't watch it it's just look if you want to watch it on netflix fine i don't give a shit but you really should take it upon yourself especially if you're interested in death note and really want to see from the origin one, if you like manga, read the manga. If you prefer anime, watch the anime, obviously. And then two, watch the Japanese live action adaptations first. I think it would give you some perspective. For real, for real. I mean, and probably just in the long run, probably it's going to be better. You know, especially the anime. Like that goes without saying. One yeah. thing, one thing I want to point. Out, like I, I told you, like the, the casting is it's kind of all over the place. It, it's it's set in and looked like it was set in Seattle, I believe. It was somewhere in America. N- number one, number two, they changed the main character's name from Light Yagami to Light Turner. And then Ryuk, the the Shinigami I was telling you about, he's voiced by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so it's not like you even see Willem Dafoe. It's not like he's like in a suit and it's just a voice. Yeah. So why? <laughs> but something that might interest you, which is still a little weird to me, is that Light's antagonist L is played by Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. And if, if you know who that is, that's the homie from Atlanta. He also was in Get Out. Mm-hmm. He played the brother that got got, <laughs> got kidnapped <laughs> the first time around. <laughs> got out before he was telling somebody else to get out. Right. So yeah. if you're interested in watching the Netflix Death Note live action adaptation, it will premiere on August 25th. So they're doing the trailer super early. And we'll see what happens next. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But Netflix lately, boy, their PR department must be working overtime right now because it's hot on the streets for them. We do have the get down dropping this week, though. So they are, you know, actually making up for we're well, not making up, but, you know, they're at least trying to recover from this nonsense. So look forward to that, folks. We'll be talking about that very soon. And man, you know, it's been quite an episode tonight. You know, make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. As always, hit up lootcrate.com slash fanbros. Use the code fanbros. Get that 10% off. Not 10%. Let me say that again. Don't As, say 10%. <laughs> yeah. Just say get a discount. Yep. Yeah. As always, wait, wait, hold up. As always, hit up lootcrate.com slash fanbros. Use the code F-A-N-B-R-O-S and make sure you get that discount on anything on the site. Anything. And there's so much freshness from those Loot Crate people over there. Big shouts to them. All right. Well, anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana? Yes. Make sure you subscribe to Fanbros Show. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, we're all over the interwebs. Be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, tell a friend to tell a friend, leave comments. We will listen to you. We may not do what you say, but we will listen to you. 